0: sitting here at the Omnisports in uh, Appledoorn in the Netherlands, just near Amsterdam, on the eve of the 2016 Giro d'Italia, the 99th Giro. And sitting next to me is Gregor Brown, contributor for Cycling Weekly and Velo News, And we're travelling together again, Gregor. Mm. And um, here we are at the start of another Giro. What's what's your feel for this Giro compared to other Giros?
1: Uh, It's really all on Nibali's shoulders. Uh, to win or to lose, the pressure is on Vincenzo Nibali, the Italian who's won all three grand tours so far. He's won the 2013 Giro d'Italia. So I think the pressure is for him and his his Astana team to to win this race. And he, and he has also, I think, the pressure to perform and give Astana that kind of big parting gift because the rumors are out there that he's, he's leaving to a, a Middle, East, Middle Eastern team already for, um, the rumors are already out there that he's leaving for the For a Bahrain team in uh, 2017. So I think he he wants to do well for Astana and get that win. And he is the clear favorite. Because if you look at the guys underneath him, Valverde's never won a Grand Tour. He's come close before. He's 36, I think, making his debut in the Giro. Uh, And then you have uh, Landa, who's come close last year in third. uh, But he's never won a Grand Tour. So Nibali is the guy with experience and the pressure.
0: It was interesting uh, yesterday, Grogu, when um, the uh, GC contenders with Nibali, Lander, uh, you know, they were having their press conferences, and uh, interesting how Astana were trying to say, as the points you just said, that uh, you know, with uh, Valverde's inexperience in the Giro, that could go against him, and also they seem to play down w- what strengths Lander may have because he is an ex-teammate of Nibali. I mean, do you do you think that's just mind games, or do you think you know, it's just pre? Gone to a talk and really we'll just see what happens on the road
1: uh i think yeah i think it is mind games because when you get down uh to the uh, mano a mano fight on on some of those big climbs it's the legs that make the difference i know like uh with richie port when he left to go to bmc people were talking about whether or not he would have uh the possibility to rupert i have a call
0: Please take it. You be listening to What A Ride and we'll speak to Gregor Brown as soon as he comes back after this call. We're going to listen to some music ourselves in the meantime. sitting here with Gregor Brown who was just taking a little personal call on his mobile phone it's busy days here on a Grand Tour and uh, in the meantime we'll listen to some great music a nice selection from Aaron S Lee he loves his music and uh, that was a nice piece uh, but in the meantime welcome back Gregor and uh, we won't ask you what the call was about but <laughs> th- is that another one coming
1: um we were <laughs> talking about Richie B- Porte busy days at the tour today
0: yeah. busy days we we're talking about the uh, Richie Porte uh, factor as an example of what happens when you switch teams
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, so Sky, uh, uh, we'll have some Excuse me. (laughs) Like, uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, Lander's going
0: to be leading Sky this year in the Giro, and last year when Richie had the opportunity to lead Sky, you know, there was different uh, different pressures, uh, even different circumstances, I guess, you can face, but I guess it's how you handle those circumstances, and that's going to be a major challenge for Lander, isn't it, in the leadership
1: role? Yes. Uh, Nibley, uh, they, they know how Landa works. Uh, it's the same way that Froome is going to know how, how Richie Port works in BMC. Uh, but, but when they get on those mountains, that's, that's where we'll see the legs do the talking. And, and it'll come down to the legs. And it sounds like Nibley really fears Mikel Landa in the mountains. Uh, and he really considers him a, a true contender in the mountains, in the mountains, and the thing is is he lost four minutes last year in the Prosecco time trial, I know Rupert you remember that because we had a nice dinner that (laughs) night afterwards uh, with the local Prosecco group Uh, so this year we're in Chianti and there's a long time trial where Landa, if he loses four minutes to to Nibali, the race is over, but Nibali's not a great time trialist to the level of of Alberto Contador Uh, but Landa's going to have to limit his losses to be able to keep into the fight for the pink
0: What do you think? um, I guess you know they did say yesterday the Chianti time trial will be, I guess, the first level of of who's going where, and we'll probably will be enjoying a good bottle of Chianti that night when we Mm -hmm. talk about the fallout. But what do you think um, um, of someone like Valverde? Is he going to? Do you think he's going to be absolutely concerned at all about his inexperience in this race, or do you think he's just going to be the old dog who's going to, you know, he he's got enough intel in his head of how to race a race, even though he hasn't raced the Giro.
1: Yeah, he knows how to race a race. He'll get on the podium, I think, for sure. Like uh, like he did with Quintana there uh, before. Uh, but and in the, in the, in the, where it was in the Tour de France that so he got on the, in the podium with Quintana. But um, but Valverde, I do I don't think he's going to be contender for the overall. Uh, Dumoulin's going to put on a show in Chianti, uh, and Nibali's going to try to put time into his immediate rivals. So it's Landa and Nibli and Lando both lose time to Dumoulin but then everybody wonders how far Dumoulin will go into this Giro and then if he does make it into the big mountains how well he can do in those big Italian Alpine passes we saw him last year in the Vuelta but those were different climbs and uh, people are saying that he's not quite suited to the big Giro passes uh, so Valverde, no I think, I think we can kind of rule him out as, as an overall favorite one for the title but, but he is one for the podium
0: um, Obviously, Tom Dumoulin will have those three time trials, as you said, to help him. Uh, What about, uh, you know, and you mentioned about how he performed in the Vuelta last year. Esteban Chavez... Uh, he had a good crack at the Vuelta last year, fifth overall. A is going to be much different though, you're going to have longer stages, harder stages, and you're going to have colder weather as a part to the Vuelta, where you principally had warmer weather. Mm. But um, Chavez has been in Colombia preparing for this Giro, uh, the Oracle Greenwich team are sort of trying to style themselves around being able to look after a GC contender. Do you think he's got a chance of a top five, would that be unrealistic, or do you think, as Matt White, his sports director says, they'd be happy with a top ten, or was Matt White just playing a safe game? Uh,
1: I think he's playing a safe game. It's hard to stay focused because we were, we're here in the same press conference room with Marcel Kittle, and he just walked outside on, uh, to have a look at the Appledorn track, where they, they've hosted, I think, a World Championships, if not World Cups before for the UCI, and it's it's where the Velodrome, they'll start here from the Velodrome tomorrow, and that's where Chavez will start his Giro his, his d'Italia, the 99th Giro d'Italia. Uh, Matt White could be playing uh, safe by saying, what, top 5, top 10 for Chavez, but Chavez will really try to fight for for the win and for a podium podium spot, uh, and and we think he can do it because uh, he has that fight that we saw last year in the Volta Espana, and this this Giro apart from Nibali seems to be a wide open Giro. Nibali is the only favorite, but behind Nibali it, it's a wide open fight, and so there are chances for Dumoulin for. For your Chavez uh, for guys like this to, to make their mark. And we haven't talked about Rigoberto Oran uh, or, or uh, Rafael Micah, uh, these other guys that are out there too. So the whole thing could shake up. If Nibali has a bad day, then you get a wide-open Giro, which, which is what makes often the Giro so exciting, is you get these unpredictable results. You don't quite get in the Tour de France. And uh, so that's why I said from the onset that the pressure is on Vincenzo Nibali.
0: Um, last question, Gregor, because we can see the security here are eyeing us off and uh, yes. we're sitting around. But um, uh, we just had the mouse master- are tough. We, <laughs> they, they,
1: they forced us to send uh, to two minutes of silence yesterday for for uh, remembering the, the, uh, the Dutch veterans, uh, in which we, re- we did respect um, immediately. But I, th- I think that went into like seven minutes of silence. But the security guards eyeing us again, so we might have to we might have to have some radio silence here in a minute. So get on to your question, Rupert.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, I think I've just bargained a couple of more minutes. <laughs> uh, very nice of them here. The um, uh, just last question. We've been here sitting here at the Marcel Kittle press conference. or ethics team. Uh, press conference um, Kiddell said some interesting things You know, a lot of attention is going to be on his chances to, or probability to win a stage we'll go that far, he's in great form this year um, another German who's going to be here is Andre Greipel from Lotto Bellisol, and uh, he had a chat with uh, Aaron S Lee at the Tour of Turkey which we're going to listen to after the next uh, piece of music, the next break Wh- what do you think about Andre Greipel and what he can do here?
1: Well, Greipel is going to be up there for the sprints, and he, and he you know, he's gone well in the Giro Tie before, and he had his big breakthrough win there in Locarno, I think it was. When uh, we weren't sure if it was supposed to be for Mark Cavendish or for uh, Greipel, and that was with They were in high, the high road days, and the tension was running high in those days. I remember Bob Stapleton was trying to, you know, keep those guys both cool and collected. I think that was in 2011, maybe. Uh, yeah, gripel 's one of the super sprinters here with, with Marcel Kittel, and, and but you know we have the the really the A list of sprinters here, minus maybe like a Mark Cavendish. Uh, everyone's here: Demar and uh, Viviani. These guys that are going to put on quite a show. And and and, and the guy that that Marcel Kittle failed to mention twice, and I got him on it er- later. It was that he, he didn't talk about uh, the Australian uh, uh, Caleb Ewan, 21 years old, and he's coming up like a rocket. And I think everybody fears him, and I think even Marcel Kittle fears him. And Marcel Kittle seems to think that he's going to go on for the points jersey, which, <laughs> Rupert, you, you seem to have some inside, insider information that Caleb may not quite be going for the points overall points jersey. Well,
0: I just sort of think he's it's going to be a hard challenge for him ahead with these first Giro. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it would be a wiser call for him just to sort of just take the first 12 days and then sort of see how they're placed by then. But I'm sure a lot of sprinters will be thinking how they're placed after the first 12 days because we're yeah. be pretty close yeah. to an airport and uh, <laughs> they would have had some hard racing by then. Gregor Brown, thanks very much for being on a what a ride. Uh, I'm sure we'll listen to you later in the Giro. I think yeah. we're going to have a good time again. Yeah. No arguments?
1: No arguments.
0: No. It, no.
1: It, we'll, we'll be at the end of the Giro, we'll say, what a Giro.
0: <laughs> well, there we go. You've listened to Gregor Brown from Cycling Week in Velo News. I'm Rupert Guinness. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and after the break, we're going to listen to Aaron S. Lee speaking exclusively with Andre Gripel. S. Lee, producing for Australian Broadcasting Media. This edition of the show is focusing on the Giro d'Italia. What's the Giro d'Italia? It's the second biggest bike race in the world of cycling, and it's the first of the three Grand Tours of cycling, Grand Tours being three week races that come very close to encompassing 3,500 kilometres. The other two races being the Tour de France in July, and then the Vuelta a Spagna in August. Now this year's Giro is the 99th edition of the Italian race and it's starting in the Netherlands of all places. Where I'm reporting now, me being River Guinness, is in Apeldoorn, the Dutch town near Amsterdam and that's where the first stage will be held on Friday a 98 kilometer individual time trial. Then there's going to be two stages for the sprinters on Saturday and Sunday before the race transfers to its homeland, Italy, on Monday and then resumes on Tuesday. This year's race has got uh, an interesting field, to say the least. In the overall classification, the race for the pink jersey, the race overall leader's pink jersey, or Maglia Rosa, we've got the likes of Vincenzo Nabali, who won the race in 2013. He also won the Tour de France in 2014, and this is going to be his. First, returned to the Giro since his win in 2013. But other contenders include the likes of Alejandro Valverde, Mikel Lander, Esteban Chavez, Rafael Mica, Rigoberto Urán and Domenico Pozzovivo. Amongst the sprinters, who we'll see come to the fore as soon as Saturday, we've got the Germans Mikel, uh, Marcel Kittel and Andre Greipel. We've also got Sasha Modolo, Giacomo Nodolo. Caleb Ewan, who is one of ten Australians in this year's race, Elliot Viviani, Heinrich Hausler, another Australian, and Andre Dono. A lot of those names we're going to hear about over the next few weeks, and I'm sure we're going to hear about others as well. In this edition of What A Ride, though, we've got some interesting names we're going to hear from. My co-host in crime on this show, Aaron S. Lee, he's going to be speaking exclusively with Andre Greipel and also with Adam Hansen, who's another Australian in the race, Hansen, and a couple of teammates on the Lotto Bellasol team, and Aaron caught up with them during the recent Tour of Turkey. Anyway, let's get cracking with the show. Let's kick up a gear. This is the Giro Special for What A Ride.
2: Out to the one I love. This one goes out to the one I've left behind. A simple prop to Simple crop to lock you
3: First things first, you haven't been to the tour down under in two years. Everyone's missing you down in Australia. Where have you been? Uh,
4: I mean, for sure, it's it's because of different reasons. Uh, uh, just the focus is a bit more different with uh, with um, taking part in the Giro d'Italia uh, last year. Uh, and being, being able to try something different uh, to be good in the classics uh, which worked out for the whole team because we changed the whole Tour down on Under team to be good for the classics, we were good last year without a proper result but still we were on a good level and uh, yeah this year obviously the World Championships is in October so it's no use to start racing in January then so that was the main reason why I we're not there this year. But do you miss coming down to Australia? Because you got a lot yeah, of fans yeah, yeah, down there. They love you. Uh, it's 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 painful. Uh, so therefore, I, I'm for sure, I want to come back. So you think there is a chance that
3: you may be able to go back there before your career is over? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, sure, that's uh, guaranteed. You know, you talk about the the zero and being ready for that seven sprint stages this year. It's going to be a, a lot of
4: good opportunities. Are you excited? Uh, it's the worst beginning of the season ever in my career oh, with the it. broken ribs and was not able to train like I wanted, Uh, especially I couldn't focus on on sprint training as it was just impossible to do. Um, Still I know I'm not uh, on the level I used to be for the sprints, but uh, I'm I'm still good and try to to do my best for the sprints. Does that just come with age or just... No, no, no! I just I'm, I'm back in my sprint training, so uh, it, for sure I'm gonna come back. Uh, it's not about the age, I because I haven't had a year where I was not able to. Uh to uh, push myself to higher limits. You know, you're back here in Turkey. It's your seventh year to race
3: here. Uh, You had great success here today in some horrible conditions to get that Stage 3 win. Um, How has the race changed over the last seven years? I know the race has taken a little bit of heat in the media uh, for, for sending out late invites, not allowing you guys to know about the race profile ahead of time. How has the race changed and what do you think about this year's
4: race now that you're here? I mean, there's always something to improve, I would say, but uh, uh, I think for, for the organization, for us riders, it's uh, just the safest way in Istanbul to make a closed circuit for us. Uh, that would be the best for everyone, uh, without having big, big crashes or something. Um, but all the rest, I have to say, it's it's, it's like it was used to be. Uh, stages are good. Uh, now we have two new stages or or three three new stages. So uh, we're gonna see how how they are, and especially the roads. Today the roads were really good. So uh, obviously they they try their best. Uh, even the organization team changed. Um, uh, therefore, I think it's hard to them, for them to copy the other organizations as uh, it was a running system and uh, yeah, I mean, for me it's good to come here uh, just to prepare the d'Italia. You know obviously they talk a lot of, always for the
3: past few years about this race becoming a world to a race. Do you see that this is a race that could potentially make take that step?
4: I think with all those bad uh, media in the past weeks, I think it's really will be really hard to have this uh, World Tour uh, next year. Uh, but I think uh, for sure it's going to be possible for the upcoming
3: years. You know, what keeps you motivated? You know, I know, I know you've got to rush off to a team meeting, but just. Real quickly, what keeps you motivated after all these years? You've had so many successful uh, years, so many great wins. You talked about it today on the podium, wishing that you'd almost had a teammate stand on the podium today. Uh, What still motivates you personally?
4: I mean, it's passion. Uh, I love this sport and uh, I love uh, to challenge myself. Uh, And I think I'm just uh, still living my dream, uh, being a professional rider. And uh, I mean, it, I just enjoy to be part of the team. I mean it's a family uh, a part of my own family, but, uh, yeah I just enjoy every day and every day of racing you've had a
3: great career spanning great rivalries with the Mark Cavendish and the like and now the guys like Marcel Kittel and the young guy coming into the the, the Giro this year for the first time Caleb Ewan an Australian Um, any thoughts about those guys going into the the next race or competing against them yeah
4: for sure I think it's impressive uh, the way they are sprinting Uh, for sure they're going to have a big future uh, in front of them and and
3: yeah. Any, any advice to, uh, for those guys as far as having a long career
4: and, and, and achieving that success? A little bit of longevity? Mm, I always say to myself, uh, never forget when, where you come from and then uh, everything's going to work out. Andre's always great to see you. Congrats on the win again oh. today, buddy.
3: Thank you. Okay, we we'll see you again. See you
0: Well, that was an interesting interview that uh, Aaron had with Andre Greipel, the German sprinter on the Lotto Bellasol team Uh, Greipel's obviously feeling very happy about himself and of his chances in this Giro and certainly he'll be giving the likes of Marcel Kittel um, uh, certainly a shake up to say the least if he doesn't beat him Um, these two guys Kittel and uh, Greipel they uh, have very strong lead out teams they're big and strong riders and it's going to be really interesting to see how dominant they are um, against some of the smaller sprinters in the peloton such as Caleb Ewan who's going to be competing in his first Giro. Caleb Ewan as we said before is one of 10 Australians in this race and he won a stage on his Grand Tour debut in last year's Volta a España the Tour of Spain but this is going to be first Giro and it's going to be the first time he's come up against such a strong depth of uh, sprinters in the field but uh, another Australian in this field is Adam Hansen, now Adam he is the man who just backs up Grand Tour after Grand Tour he's the record holder for the number of Grand Tours but uh, he's also a very interesting character Now, as I said, uh, it wasn't only Gripal that uh, my co-host Aaron Esley spoke to during the Tour of Turkey. He also spoke to Adam Hansen, who uh, fine-tuned his preparation for the Giro at the recent Tour of Turkey. And uh, one thing is certain that uh, Adam is always a a guy who'll have a say in the race. He'll be doing his darnest to help rifle win stages. But he's won a stage for the Giro d'Italia as well himself. So should the opportunity arise in stages that are not suited to the sprinters, certainly Aaron would be someone who the team would be willing to uh, allow to have a crack at an opportunity as, as it arises. The fact that he's done it before and pulled it off shows that he can deliver. But nonetheless, his first job will be to help Greipel in these early stages. But uh, Aaron had an interesting chat with him, so let's t- take a break. And uh, after the break, we'll come back and have a listen to what he had to say to Aaron.
5: I, a a On
2: a trail head full of I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and
5: gave me breakfast. She said, do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder? Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover
3: You know what city we're in? Actually, <laughs> we talked about this, didn't we?
6: First <laughs> question.
3: Aaron Lee here with Adam Hansen. Adam, we are literally on the sands in a very romantic situation, underneath a straw umbrella. In what we are contemplating is either the Mediterranean or the Aegean Sea. That's
6: right. We're in Turkey.
3: We are in Turkey, <laughs> yes. And I'm gonna have to put you on the spot. What city are we in? <laughs> I have no idea. You have no idea. Me neither. And I gotta be honest with you. I just wrote the city's name in the dateline of my story for the race report here at stage seven. Oh Mamaris? M- Mamaris.
6: Sounds
3: good. Oh it sounds good. We'll go with it. Adam, how you doing? Well,
6: that's good.
3: Like it's it's been a great year. It's 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 always a good year for you. You're always smiling. You're always happy. I see you here in Turkey. You're enjoying the experience. What what, what race is this? Like your your fourteenth, fifteenth one now?
6: Um <laughs>
3: <okay>. <laughs> no, see, it just
6: seems like you're always here. <laughs> Yeah, I always, yeah, always asked us to do this race, and I really enjoy that. I'll, I, and I'll come back next year and also in the years to come. Yeah. I really enjoy doing turkey. You
3: know, it is, it is a good race, and we've had a great time. Listen, I think all of our good stuff we've actually expended over the last couple of days in talking off the record.
6: Yeah.
3: Um, but that said, uh, it's been an interesting race because it's under new organization. And because it's under new organization, there's been a couple of things that have been a little bit out of the norm, like basically flights the day before the opening stage, or perhaps that you didn't know the parkour until the actual when you started up on the start line, you signed on. Um, other than that, uh, there's been some hotel snafus, and there's been, some, there's been a lot of anger here as far as people, whether it be not so much the cyclists, I think, but the organization, the. Uh, the volunteers, the media, it's gotten quite ugly, and you and I have actually taken a back seat to this and just kind of watched it unfold. Talk to me
6: about this. It's actually a uh, funny set because it's very true what you say. From a cyclist's point of view, we haven't seen any difference. The only thing that has changed from the organization is like what you said. Uh, we saw uh, the website was only up, I think, one week before. Um, we didn't really know the profiles until the day we got here. Uh, this was this was the only downside. But uh, from a cycling point of view, as a cyclist point of view, there was there has been no real, you know, no real difference from the previous years. Um, I've heard, and yeah, we saw some dramas about <laughs> at the hotels with um, the uh, the media and the organisers um, getting rooms and that. Okay, they had a lot of stress there. Uh, I've done a few interviews, and I've noticed that a lot of people are trying to get um, negative information. Mm-hmm. From me to uh, say some bad things about the organizer, Um, but what I do know is it's a new organizer. Um, I've heard they're not very good, but from a cyclist's point of view, it's just been the same race like every other year. And I know the riders are happy and we're enjoying it. Well, let's
3: cut to the chase, Adam. Uh, Really, how bad are these guys? (laughs) No, no
6: No, no. No, no. (laughs) <laughs> this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Some of the interviews I've had, I've, I've had journalists try and get something negative out of me. And for me, it's like, you know, I don't want to say something bad because, one, I don't really know the bad things that are happening, what everyone's talking about. People waiting for the rooms are longer. That's not the end of the world. And, two, if I say something bad to the organiser, it's bad about the race. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the race is not bad. And I don't want to put a bad name on the race because I love this race. And the yeah. race is really nice and... We've had wonderful stages, great weather, um, it's been spectacular racing. You would never guess the winners and the top ten riders happening at the, uh, their placing at the moment. So, you know, it's been, you know, we've had great stages, um, it's been wonderful here. So, for me, it's I don't think you should say anything about the organisers because it's not the organisers you're paying out, it's the race you're paying out. And there's nothing wrong with this race, It's mm-hmm. been a great, it's been a great race so far. Yeah, but let's face it. You get some pretty VIP treatment when you rock in. I mean,
3: I'm I'm getting I'm getting like two hour, two and a half hours later. And by the way, thank you for sitting with me the other day, <laughs> washing my luggage while I went to the restroom. Um, you did me a big favor on that. Now that said, you did go to the. You left me to go eat dinner. Yes.
5: Um,
3: you came back. Came back. I was in a bind again yep. and uh, I did put this out on social media I didn't hear back from you, i got to be honest <laughs> but uh, you, you didn't, and I made a point to let you know that I hadn't gone to the bathroom again you left me hanging, literally <laughs> what, what was the deal on that?
6: Um, I just got back on Twitter as you notice, uh, and I
3: just followed you. You yeah. did. Um, listen, <laughs> I gotta say, um, because this may not ever make the, the actual Twitter feed, but we just discussed this. I am literally one of four people you follow. You're one of four. One of four. Can you tell me the other three? Because they were a very eclectic group.
6: <laughs> Actually, I don't. I know. It's science.
3: I know one science, science porn. porn? <laughs> Which, by the way, this uh, I, this will drop on iTunes after it airs on Sydney FM radio. Um, I'm not sure if the iTunes uh, explicit restrictions apply to that now, but uh, if so, we can fix that Rupert Guinness in post-production. Go ahead.
6: Um, and the other two, I, I, I hope it's Hansino, which is my clothing. Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um... Maybe you shouldn't say the others. I don't know what they are.
3: Well, no, I don't either. I, I got on my screen cap because okay. I was, but no, I do know. I just remember the science form. Yeah, and I do know that Hancino is not one. I should be. I have to go and check. No, actually,
6: I, I I went on Twitter and I just unfollowed everyone.
3: So okay, okay. Well, that, how long did that process take? That that took
6: more than I thought
3: it would. <laughs> Twitter doesn't make it easy, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. What is this Hansino you speak of? I've heard about it for a few years. <laughs> what is this thing that is, this hancino?
6: It's a, it's a, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's something.
3: Yeah, <laughs> enough about you. Listen, we're talking, <laughs> we're here, we are literally, and if you're listening to, if you're listening here in Sydney and obviously around the world through iTunes, um, you may hear crashing waves. When we said earlier that we are literally on the sands of the Mediterranean, we are, what,
5: three, four metres?
3: is that what a meter that's three or four meters it's yeah yeah actually that's about three or four meters away from the water um you've had a very obviously relaxing race because you haven't really contended much um <laughs> that's it all joking side, you, you this is probably gonna be one of your, your best finishes ever here at the race it, it, can i make a bet on that what
6: can i make that
3: no please do yes a,
6: i'm gonna prove you wrong one you
3: know. okay well there you go we, we do have one more stage remaining um,
6: what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to fall off tomorrow yeah. and finish like 100th, and then I could do a better race next year.
3: Oh, well, there, well there you go. Well there, well, there you go. I, I wouldn't expect anything less.
6: Now, that said, I saw,
3: and you showed it to me, but uh, I saw a really interesting video on Twitter following yesterday's race, because you actually threw a bit of a, uh, a tanty. A, yeah, yeah, a, <laughs> a little.
5: You,
3: you did. Um, it was something that move, get out the way. <laughs> uh, can you just walk us through that a bit?
6: You want the long version?
3: No, no, because I heard the long version last <laughs> night.
6: <laughs> yeah, so I had a um, mechanical, and I, I couldn't work out on the spot what was the problem, so I was, yeah. you know, taking, not taking my time, I was trying to diagnose everything. It really
3: did part. feel like you were taking your time yeah. on video. Yeah, yeah, go yeah ahead. I
6: was actually. Um, and out, my car wasn't there, and the car had come up, and the, I say you?
3: But well, no, I'd rather you not. <laughs> okay. i actually rather you not say Eurosport. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so TV- with your balloon quotes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you just gave.
6: The, the, the TV camera on the motorbike um, that puts coverage in most of Europe um, stops <laughs> right next to my team car door. Mm-hmm. So my mechanic couldn't get out. So he went, and I'm telling the motorbike nicely, um, "Can you please move out of the way?" Cause, you know, two and a half kilometres ago, yeah. I did start the conversation fired. with yeah. 180 heart rate. Yeah, um, and I was yeah. I, I I didn't throw my bike at the at the rider.
3: You didn't. didn't. Well, what keeps you coming back here? What do you really love most about Turkey?
6: Uh, I like how we say it's a holiday race, um, and that doesn't mean easy racing because we were joking about it. Uh, it's definitely not easy racing yeah. but it's really good preparation for me for the Giro, and it's good weather, it's hot, and I, I think it's a, a good race to build form. Do you, do you miss uh, the mountain bike
3: at all? I mean, obviously, two-time Crocodile Trophy winner. I do miss doing the Crocodile Trophy.
6: Yeah. Um, I would like to go back there one year. Uh, it's a wonderful race. It's uh, good to be in the Outback Australia. Um, it's something really different and I really recommend for the Euros to do it because it's a good way to see Australia and for me when, when I did the Crocodile Pro- Trophy it's parts of Australia I never saw before yeah. so in this way it's really good, it's a lot of fun <clears throat> it's, but for me the problem is the timing it's at the end of the season I've had enough of a ride on my bike and I always say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it and then when the season finishes I'm like ah, oh, maybe when I retire for something um, I hope we
3: catch up again next year Sounds good. and uh, always a pleasure bud see you then <laughs>
0: you're listening to What A Ride with Rupert Guinness and Aaron S. Lee. Well, that's our Giro D'Italia Preview Edition. All that remains to be uh, followed now is wh- how the Giro unfolds. I hope you enjoyed this uh, Preview Edition of What A Ride. I'm really excited about what's going to happen over the next few weeks. I'm hopeful you are too. I know Aaron S. Lee is. and. Um, Gregor Brown, my uh, 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 colleague uh, on the road here in the Giro d'Italia, he's certainly excited. And as you can tell from the words of Andre Greipel and Adam Hansen, two of the key riders in this year's race, they are too. So that's it from me, Rupert Guinness and Aaron S. Lee. And Gregor Brown on this edition of What a Ride. Thanks for listening. We hope you've really enjoyed it, and uh, um, stay tuned for more editions of the show as the Giro unfolds. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, stay safe, keep smiling, and enjoy every day because it's a great uh, thing we've got this thing called life. You get one crack at it, so let's all make the best of it. In the meantime, as I always, say, What a ride! What a ride it is! And also. A metre matters. Stay safe on the road whether you're driving or cycling or walking. Thanks for listening.